Hi everyone and welcome to the Private Practice with Soul podcast. This is the first podcast for counsellors that just don't align with the traditional approaches to business and that want to use their spiritual gifts, talents and interests to create, you guessed it, a private practice with soul. So look, leave it to me to provide you with everything you need, including strategies that you can use to increase your income, reduce your workload and of course increase inquiries and referrals to your beautiful soul-led private practice. I love it so much. If you haven't done it already, grab your journal, grab your pen and let's begin. Happy Wednesday, everybody, and welcome to another episode of the Private Practice with Soul podcast. So pleased you are here. Now, the last week, oh my gosh, kind of a blur. I can't remember if I actually recorded a podcast on Saturday or not. I highly doubt that I did. No, I didn't. Okay, so this is the thing. I'm back. I'm back. And I feel amazing. I really feel a million dollars. Oh my gosh. If you have a place that you like to go in the world, um, then I absolutely recommend that you make time to get there a few times a year if possible. Why? Because it's going to help you create a private practice that really, really, truly fills your soul. Speaking of which, one of the things I realized, because you know how you don't see your own things when you're in it, (laughs) but one of the things that I realized when I was away was um, in the past, I had struggled to identify Uh, my core essence in terms of was it mostly feminine or was it mostly masculine? What I realized when I was away, and probably you already know this, but I didn't realize it myself, but I'm absolutely 100% core essence masculine. And what that means is I really love to be alone. I love, love, love my alone time. I really highly value it. I'm so protective of it. Um, I love to meditate because meditation is a process of clearing and emptying. So I love things like that. Um, I don't love having brunch with a bunch of people. I don't love going night clubbing. I don't love um, you know, really busy places. Um, I, I, you know, um, I do like to create things, but I would rather produce something where there's like an end goal. You know what I mean? I'm very sort of forward moving, forward focused with my energy, looking at the next thing. Um, I find it very easy to plan projects and finish them. Um, a feminine, somebody that identifies as having a more feminine energy core essence is probably someone who has lots of different ideas about things and is equally passionate about all of them and can't choose which one to follow and then gets herself stuck. (laughs) Um, Somebody who's in the feminine core essence is probably often on Canva or creating things or listening to music or loves being outside, maybe doing walk and talk therapies and stuff like that. Um, Very much valuing relationships, uh, very much wanting, valuing, being in people's space. That's sort of more the feminine. 
that's not me. <laughs> um, I, yeah, I love logic, uh, even though I'm not fantastic at logic, but I love logic. I love a plan, as you know. I love to hit goals, as you know. Um, I don't believe in hustle and grind. I believe in manifesting. Um, but yeah, so I realized when I was away, because somebody said to me, how can you go away by yourself for a week? And I thought, what do you mean? <laughs> And she said to me, oh, don't you mean you want to go away with your girlfriends? I was like, no, I really just want to be alone. I just need my space. And she couldn't understand that as much as I couldn't understand wanting to go away with a bunch of other people. Um, Yeah, so there was that. And you know what? I didn't realize um, a few things like you know, life just kind of happens and, and you, you don't even become aware of it. But um, <laughs> I took my laptop with me on my, you know, on my getaway because I wanted to still be present for people, even though I was kind of on leave. And um, I really needed this break because I was tiring, you know. Um, anyway, so I get to Dalesford and, um, you know, messages started coming through on my phone and Facebook messages started coming through and I thought, oh, blow it. You know, I'll just open up the laptop and I'll deal with stuff on my laptop. The laptop would not start. It's a brand new laptop. Seriously, I've had a, well, brand new. It's like 12 months and I've used it four times. Um, <laughs> um, and it has been fully charged and updated with the latest Monterey, you know, uh, <laughs> iOS operating system and um, yep just wouldn't start <laughs> even with a good hotspot couldn't get the thing to start and so then I had to go on my phone tell everybody hey guess what despite the best of intentions my laptop won't even start and I was speaking to somebody last night and she was saying to me oh that was funny I giggled <laughs> and I read that and I was like yeah the universe was saying do you know what Brooklyn if you go take a break take a break so that's one of the things that happened. Um, the first day I was there, I um, spent time thinking I am going to have this total reset. So I wanted to reset the food that I was eating. Like one of my favorite things about Dalesford is the food. It's so good. Um all clean and fresh and really yummy and it's made locally with lots of love and you know, so much of it is organic. And so it feels like a real treat to go there and eat. So I stopped and I had something to eat and I just appreciated the food. And I couldn't remember the last time that I'd actually stopped. I didn't have my phone on me. The phone was in the car. I didn't have my laptop. I was totally disconnected from life. And I sat there at a table at Mill Markets <laughs> by myself looking out at the park and you know etc and the rain and all of that sort of stuff and I just really appreciated that really delicious salad that I had and the the beautiful I had um they didn't have any almond milk for the coffee so I ended up having oat milk and I just remembered and a glass of water a really big glass of water and I just remember sitting there thinking oh I love this so much and then I just enjoyed being in the moment. To be honest, it probably took a day or two before I kind of totally started to feel like I was unwinding. But the other thing that I did was uh, on the Tuesday, the very next day in the morning, I booked myself a whole, well, it went from 9am to 1pm and it was at the McCure Hotel in Ballarat and it was called the Ballarat Sanctuary Spa. 
I had a massage with all the add-ons. <laughs> I had like top to toe scrub. I had a mud wrap. I had hot stone massage. I had facial. I had foot detoxing stuff. I did everything, hand massages, everything. I did it. And do you know what? <laughs> I never thought that you could get like too pampered, but <laughs> I was exhausted when I got out of there from not doing anything. Who gets exhausted from not doing anything? But there I was. And anyway, again, it was another four hours of being disconnected and it felt so good and I could feel my energy starting to come back. And then I got out to the car and I thought to myself, I'm going to do, because on the Monday, quite by accident, I did 10,000 steps. Now, normally on an average day, it's probably about 150 <laughs> because I'm just like, get out of bed, come into the study, go out to the kitchen, come back into the study, go back to bed. Um, it, it, and so to do those 10,000 steps walking around Dalesford gave me a, a lot of confidence and I thought, hey, I'm going to keep this up. So I went and I got a Fitbit, my very first Fitbit. I always vowed I would never have technology strapped onto my wrist. Um, but hey, I do now. But I've turned off all the notifications for it. So it's literally just tracking my steps and my water and my weight and stuff. Anyway, so I got that. And it's pink, which, hello, nice color, right? Not not black because black's not going to work for me. <laughs> anyway, so um, I got that and then I was inspired. And I went and did another 10,000 steps. I had this really yummy lunch and I had a really yummy dinner and I bought my crystals. So the crystals that I got, I got um, an Amatrine I was going to say princess. <laughs> I don't know why I was going to say that. An Amatrine stone necklace. So Amatrine is um, a cross between, well, a blend of citrine and amethyst. And um, citrine is heated amethyst. I don't know if you knew that or not, but citrine is heated amethyst. That's why it goes yellow. It changes color and it gets all these different properties in it. Um, but bless the poor girl in um, Empress and Wolf was trying to explain to me how the citrine and the amethyst grow together and I uh, just let it go. But anyway, so I got that. I got a moonstone ring and I got a rose quartz ring because I also realized that um, I'd kind of been in this energy of the very productive masculine at the expense of being in the feminine. So with this new awareness, I then um, said to myself, well, I'm going to embrace the feminine while I'm here. So I had already started to do that subconsciously with the food, with moving my body, with going for those walks, with pampering, with having that massage, with having that relaxation time, with being around the oils and the scents. Um, the moonstone is um, symbolic of our connection to the moon and moon energy, our connection to Mother Earth or Mother Gaia, the tides the seasons the rhythms of you know the earth so this is on my hand now as a symbol and a reminder for me every time I look down at my hand and I see this moonstone I pause and take a moment to connect and to really ground myself and remember you know I'm part of something bigger um 
and that there's also all these rhythms that are happening not only out there in the world but the rhythms that happen within me and you and also rhythms that happen within our private practice okay and we've spoken about those before um, and with the rose quartz as you are probably very well aware so I won't go into it rose quartz is the stone of love and compassion compassion for others compassion for ourselves it's a stone of um, abundance um, and it's a stone that reminds you to come back to your soul. So every time I see this stone now, um, I'm reminded to get out of my head or ask myself, am I in my head? And do I need to drop back down into my soul? What does my soul really, really, truly want from me right now? So the other things that I did was I got a new set. Well, I actually got three sets of cake, okay? I got a new set of cards. Um, one of them is about spirit and energy, and that's an oracle deck. I'm just getting used to that one. So until I'm more familiar with it, I'm not going to start using it with you just yet. Um, I got another box of cards um, that is so beautiful and I know so many of you really value gratitude um, and you work with gratitude in your private practice but also in therapy um, and you may find these cards to be a powerful tool for you with setting your intention for you know your day in private practice but it could also be a valuable tool to use with your client um, that could help you um, redirect a conversation unpack um, things in a new perspective for clients but it's just really beautiful now it is quite a feminine looking deck it is um, a, a larger deck so a little bit tricky to shuffle it might be one of those ones that you maybe shuffle on the table instead of in your hands but it's actually called um gratitude inspirational card deck and guidebook with 64 illustrated cards and it is published by insight um, insight editions so they've got a website that's just insighteditions.com. it doesn't say who the author is or anything like that but it's sort of a peachy apricotty color it's got sacred geometry on the front gold foil writing you open it up and it's got this really um, beautiful guidebook like um, some of them you know they're quite small this one isn't this one is almost the size of the cards themselves and it's quite a decent thickness um, and the thing that I really love about it is it's in um, a good size font and all the pages are in color um, and it's on shiny paper like a magazine which is different to a lot of the um, card decks that I have which are just printed on you know often recycled paper and they're really small and they can be hard to read sometimes and they're usually black and white. So um, this one is a really beautiful book to hold. It's lovely to read um, and it comes when you open it up. Of course, you open up the box. Um, the first thing you get is the book, I think. Um, and then you have this really beautiful sort of apricotty color um, peach velvety velour drawstring bag that has um, embroidered and embossed on it the same um, emblem from the front of the uh, deck so anyway they're beautiful cards there's there's nothing to look at so there's nothing really intuitive for you to sort of go by rather what they are is um they're cards that have questions and quotes on them um just to give you an example or one of them says um you know 
who who do you who or what do you deeply love um, find bliss in your ability to feel this love um, and then when you read the so you know you could open a conversation with a client around that right um, and build that into a gratitude conversation and in the actual book it's also got guide questions an affirmation or a mantra and things like that so I think they're probably better for clients than for us to use for ourselves but I don't know, check them out, have a look, see what you think. Um, yeah, I'm not affiliated with any of these. I'm just sharing with you the ones that I bought. And it's funny, isn't it? Because a lot of the time when you buy these cards, you don't actually know what you're getting because a lot of the time um, you, got, you don't have access to the cards, right? You're just buying because you like the box or you know the author. Um, what are the other cards that I've got? I've got a couple of decks. Oh, I can't see them. Sorry, I've got <laughs> I've got so many. Um, but uh, the other thing that I did, and I can't remember if I told you this or not before, but ages ago, my very first deck of cards was Healing with the Angels by Doreen Virtue. And I was listening to somebody speak recently and it made me remember my first deck of cards. And I thought about these. I had no idea where they were because I had them when I was a little girl a long time ago. So I just went online to try and find them. And guess what? They're like $390 now. I couldn't believe it. Um, because a few reasons. Number one, the cards are no longer in print. And number two, Doreen Virtue um has changed direction and she doesn't yeah she's anti all of this now um she's she's changed direction and i think now she's more about um religion so anyway i managed to get a deck of these cards and they arrived today and it's just bringing back memories i'm just looking through them now it's just bringing back so many memories looking through them um i can't wait to use them again um yeah plus also um she did a lot of cards with radley valentine and um he is still producing decks but she doesn't and i think there was some issue there because she said to uh whoever i think it was hay house that she didn't want any more of her cards to be printed and she didn't want any more of them to be sold so now you can kind of only get Doreen Virtue cards kind of or you know on, on the lowdown um, or from people who've already bought them and you know like I was fortunate to get them anyway where was I going with all of that <laughs> I do have a point to today's podcast I just wanted to fill you in on on all of that oh yeah anyway so Dalesford was um, amazing and I came back on Sunday Saturday or Sunday and um, picked Gabe up from babysitting he had a ball and anyway yeah back to it so I'm still catching up on people's messages as I said if you've been emailing me please do not expect a reply because I have boundaries around uh, my time at the moment and email is such a big uh, time zapper for for me that I've decided I'm going to run as pretty much as I can an email free practice of course my accountant still needs to get in touch with me um but other than that for for us and everybody else we'll all just connect on social media so please don't send through emails um if you have sent through an email um please understand it's not getting read um contact me on instagram at the private practice coach or on facebook Okay, so what I want to talk with you about today is what to do when clients disappear, right? So 
this can happen and maybe it's happened to you I don't know but let's unpack it first off when clients stop coming you know maybe they've come uh, a couple of times and you thought everything was great and then boom they've just disappeared Um, we need to have a look at what's happening now I understand what it can feel like to have that happen to you maybe you feel like there's something wrong with you maybe you feel like you didn't do a good session maybe you feel like you're not um your service isn't providing whatever the client's needing right now maybe this is then triggering self-doubt etc etc and we slip 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 slowly into that wounded feminine energy right where we kind of become like a little bit of a, a victim mindset and we're thinking you know this isn't fair and why is this happening to me um, what did I do wrong and we're doing all of that right I want to assure you that it's highly unlikely you personally have done anything um, and I highly doubt anything wrong what's most likely happened is we have an absence of you know healthy masculine energy in the practice and what I mean by that is there's probably something missing from your processes there's probably something missing from your processes your policies and your procedures so the first thing that I would do if you were my client and you came to me with this concern the first thing I'm going to do is say well what policies do you have around booking your clients and I'd get you to start there um, and re-evaluate things from that place the second thing that I would do is I'd ask you how do clients book sessions And I'll get you to really have a look at that and see whether or not that's working for you and it's working for the clients. I would be asking you um, to consider why you chose that method or process um, for clients booking or why you didn't choose a different right one. And I would be opening up the conversation with you around, you know, ideally, how would you really like clients to be booking in? What would be the easiest way for that to happen? So have a look at some of those masculine processes that you have in place and this is so 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 important because um I don't know about you right um this is totally my opinion totally my opinion and I absolutely respect and appreciate others will have a different view so take it with a grain of salt but for me I feel like it's really important to make sure all clients feel seen and heard at all times um, and to make sure that they have that reliability from you that they have that you know you talk about wanting to provide them with a safe space but then you send them off without an appointment so do you know what I mean like part of in my in my world part of making sure I'm providing a safe space what I do with my clients is I always check with them have you booked your next session do we need to do it now and if you've worked with me you'll know that that's what happens um and you know that's the most important thing um making sure that nobody's falling through cracks okay should you call should you reach out should you email or contact clients who've ghosted you who you know i think it's on a case-by-case basis look if you've only met them once um you know again it really just depends on your ethics protocols with your groups or associations if you're in them but generally for me if I've met somebody once I'm probably not going to chase them down and and see how they're going Um, I might just send a little text or something just 
check in um, and say, you know, let's book that next appointment or something like that. But if I've ser- if I've seen them more than once, and absolutely, and I'm not sending an email because emails I think are a cop out like I think we when we email I think a lot of the time we're avoiding um, some level of discomfort for ourselves we're putting ourselves before our clients and I don't agree that that's always the best way to go like I think sometimes we need to get out of our own ego and drop that mask and remember why we're here and why we do this job and this is to be able to provide the highest level of support and care um, that we can for our clients. So if you're avoiding making a phone call and you don't have like a good reason why, like, I mean, if you have, um, you know, anxiety around using the phone, that's different. That's not what I'm talking about. But if you're just doing it because you're trying to avoid some level of discomfort, um, then, you know, that's probably something you want to take to supervision or mentoring or coaching and get some help with because it will be affecting your business. You putting your own level of comfort above and beyond your clients is going to cause issues in your private practice. So get out of your own way, pick up the phone, say hello. They already know you, you already know them, the relationship's already there. So it wouldn't even make sense to email. It would just feel weird. Give them a call, say you know, hey, Jane, you know, um, missed you. I hope everything's going well. How have you been? Da, 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 da. Get the conversation going again um, and see where that client is at, you know. Ask them um, where they're at and you lead that conversation. If you feel this person still needs support, then it's your responsibility to let them know that and to guide them into that next session, right? They don't know what they need. They don't have your training. They don't have your experience. They don't have your qualifications. They can't see outside of themselves. You know, it's like uh, what I was saying last time. When you walk into a room, who's the only person you don't see? to yourself (laughs) so how can we expect the clients to know what's right for them we can't we can't put that responsibility onto them that's our responsibility so you know clients often come to us in a wounded space and more often than not they're in a wounded feminine space where they're doubting themselves they don't want to put anybody out they um, don't book in because they don't they believe you're worth it they don't believe they're worth it Um, you know all those sorts of things so how do we fix that what does that wounded feminine need that women wounded feminine needs structure and safety so what are you going to do you're going to show up and give structure and safety and you're going to say hey you know what jane I'm so glad that we had this opportunity to connect today because I can hear that there's still so much going on for you let's get you booked in for another appointment What do you think? Um, Do you know what I mean? Like reconnect. It's it's our responsibility as I see it to reconnect. I believe um, it's just my thoughts that we have a duty of care to do that. And as I said, everybody thinks something different. Different professions, psychologists wouldn't do that usually. Um, I don't know about the social workers. Some counsellors would, some wouldn't. You have to do what is A, ethical, B, is in alignment with your association or society's rules around you know contacting clients but also you have to do what feels aligned for you okay so for me probably not going to put 
too much resources into following up somebody that's had a single session. Um, if I've got a relationship with someone that's been a few times and then they've just, you know, we've had continuity and it's all been going well and then they've just disappeared, different altogether. I'm definitely going to give them a call. All right. Um, that's for counseling clients. For professional clients, though, for for example, in my business, if I'm working with somebody and they're seeing me for supervision, mentoring or coaching, it is on them to book their appointments. I'm not going to chase them down. It's their professional responsibility to make sure they are booking their appointments. So if they book a 12-month program with me and they forget <laughs> to book a bunch of sessions, that's on them. That's not on me. And it's very clear when we start working together in our agreement that it's their responsibility to do that. So no, I don't chase professionals. Um, I trust them to be making their own decisions um, and to be following through on, on what they've agreed to and what their commitments are, because I expect all of my clients to behave in integrity. Um, so unless, of course, there's some, you know, something horrible that happens, in which case I would expect that they communicate that to me. So most of the time, most of my clients are fantastic at booking out their sessions. So professionally, I leave them alone. I'm not going to be reaching out and reconnecting. But with my counseling clients, absolutely I am. They're not professionals. They don't have the training, the skills, the knowledge, the expertise that we do. Okay, so that's the first thing. So there's some little remedies for what you would do if you notice that clients were dropping off after they've seen you for a few sessions. If they're dropping off after one session, it's possible that, and, and this has happened to you a few times, I would love for you to take this to supervision because it could be that you're missing something in that first session. And if we could just tweak that thing, whatever it might be, um, then we'll unlock the capacity for you to be able to have ongoing relationships with your clients. And that's going to feel good for you. It'll boost your confidence, boost your self-esteem, um, and it will allow you to provide the level of care and service that you want to for the very, very clients that you want to be working with. Now, some of the reasons for people dropping out after one session is just they didn't feel the love. There was no love connection <laughs> between um, the therapist and, and, you know, the client. It, the rapport just wasn't there. They just weren't clicking. They just weren't gelling. That can be for all sorts of reasons. And trust me, I've heard them all. Um, I've had clients and you probably have had this as well. Um, but I've had clients come to me and tell me that they saw, you know, somebody once and, you know, they didn't like it because she was burning incense and they don't like incense. Um, somebody else said that they went once and she didn't like it because they'd had a dog in there, you know, earlier in that morning and she's allergic to dogs. Um, there was somebody else who said that she went to um, uh, see somebody, I was going to say a psychologist, but I can't remember if it was a psychologist or not. Um, she went and saw somebody once and then discontinued because the person she was working with was a smoker. And, you know, when the therapist was talking, she could smell the nicotine and she could smell the smoke, even though the practitioner had had mints and stuff like that. Like, yeah, 
there's a tip for you. Maybe don't smoke before you see your clients, um, especially if you're not doing walk and talk and you're, you're going to be stuck in a room. So things like that um, can cause people not to want to come back. The other thing that um, can be a driver for people ghosting you and not wanting to come back is just poor service. So, you know, something's been stuffed up along the way. Maybe it was their first appointment and it got rescheduled six times. Maybe um, you sent them some correspondence to complete. They didn't complete it. Now you've had to spend 10 minutes of your 50-minute session completing forms and now they don't feel like they got a full session, um, things like that. So make sure that you give yourself – oh, and the other thing too is um, making sure that the room is nicely set up. So so many of us have nice rooms um, – but, you know, this is one of the things, one not one of the mistakes, but one of the lessons I learned was when I was first setting up my office, right, I thought I'd created this really beautiful space. I loved it. Um, other people were telling me how, how much they loved it. And I'd sit in my chair and I just felt like so ready to receive the client and so ready to do the work. And I just felt so in the zone when I was sitting in this particular chair. But um, one day a client said to me, um, can we swap chairs? And I said, oh, why is that? And she said, oh, you're a bit higher than me. And I didn't even realise that I was a bit higher. Um, there have been other times where I have been a client in a therapist's room and um, the sun's been in my eyes. <laughs> she or he or they have been totally fine, but I've been there with, you know, with the sun in my eyes. Um, so, yeah, have a go. Uh, when you get back to the office of sitting in the client chair and just check that you're happy there. <laughs> the other thing um, is I don't like sitting, um, oh, what, what do I want to say? I like a wall behind me. I don't like people behind me or anything like that. So if I go into a restaurant or a cafe, I'm always going to sit up against the wall, right? Looking out. I want that protection of the wall of the corner behind me. Um, maybe your clients want to feel like that too. Do they want a door right behind them? Do you want a door right behind you? So just have a play with the space and take a moment just for fun. Go and sit in the client's chair and see if you're happy. Does it need a pillow? Um, is the chair actually comfortable? Is it clean? Does it smell? Do you need to spray it with some Febreze? Does it need a little throw? Does it need a footstool? Do you know what I mean? Like, does it need to be turned around a little bit? Do you need to rearrange the office? I don't know. But just make sure that the space is nice. So there, anyway, some of the more common reasons people don't go back after an initial session. Um, so there's some insights and some remedies for what to do. But I don't want to just be, you know, crisis managing this for you. I want you to um, come away from this episode today with a little bit of prevention as well, okay? So um, do have a look at what you could put in place to encourage and support clients to return to your practice. So maybe if you are somebody who likes to journal, um, grab your podcast journal and a pen, and maybe you're going to sit down and you're just going to write down, you know, just free write and see what comes up. How many ways can I support a client to rebook a session with me? if they need it and, you know, all, all the caveats apply, <laughs> all T's and C's apply, but you know what I mean, um, if it's in their best interest and all that sort of yada, yada, yada. So um, 
how many ways can I support clients who need it and it's ethical to see them, et cetera, et cetera, to come back and rebook that next session? And what would that look like? Okay. And then once you've done that, you're going to run out of things to write. I want you to come up with another three. You're going to feel like you hit a wall and that's a good sign because now we've gone through all the surface level stuff. Now we get to dig deep and that's where the gold is going to be for you. And I bet you anything that you come up with at least one of these three things is going to be like an amazing idea. I don't know if you watch Oak Island or not, but I do. I love watching Oak Island. I really love the treasure hunter there called Gary Drayton. Um, And when he is metal detecting and he finds something good, um, he'll say, oh, that's a top pocket find. (laughs) And he'll put it in his top pocket in his um, special, you know, metal detecting shirt and he'll zip it up and then, you know, lock the the, um, cover on his pocket. And I want you to have that feeling. I want you to say, of these three things I've just thought of, oh my gosh, this one is a top pocket find. (laughs) This one is gold. This one is my treasure. This is what I was detecting for and I found it okay Um, and that is then going to um, be incorporated with your policies and with your procedures okay and it's going to feel so good because it's aligned with your values it's aligned with your soul and this is how you create a soul aligned private practice I know do you love it I love it so much my gosh I could do this stuff all day long I tell you Um, now of course this is all fun to think about and it's fun to to write down, but nothing's going to change in your private practice if you don't take action. So listen, of course, you don't have to journal. You could just think about it. Um, But whatever it is, get to those three ideas, choose the one that's going to be your top pocket find and then implement it. Um, Nothing's going to change without that implementation and um, that needs to be part of it, okay? And do you know what? Maybe it's not perfect when you first start implementing it, but imperfect is better than no action, all right? Imperfect action always means that we can improve, we can update, we can clarify, we can refine, no problem. You see all the things I'm doing, like I'm constantly updating things and putting out things that are imperfect you know even on Monday so I made this challenge for myself which I'll tell you about in a few weeks time but I'm doing this challenge for myself at the moment and I wanted to record a video or stream a video live from Zoom onto my Facebook business page every single day for 30 days um, at 8.45 a.m. So I did it on Monday I was so chuffed you know so pleased with myself that I got it done I didn't even check it I just downloaded it and then I put it onto YouTube and I put it onto my Instagram and then later that night I got a whole bunch of messages and comments from people saying sorry about the video you know that didn't work out for you did it and I was like what are they talking about and after the first minute or two on the video the whole screen goes black (laughs) you can't hear or see anything but guess what still there I haven't taken it down because I want to I want to be genuine and authentic and you know what my audience I believe my dream audience are very understanding (laughs) I hope and pray they're very understanding um because do you know what 
for every imperfect thing I put out, I always try and compensate with other things that are exactly what they need and that go above and beyond. So I think they forgive me um, for the mistakes I make every now and again. But it's something that I want you to take away like it doesn't need to be perfect I leave my imperfect stuff there so that you can see that it's safe and it's okay um, for for you not to have all your ducks in a row because guess what they're probably never lining up they're ducks (laughs) Um, so don't don't wait to you know for everything to be perfect just get it done and then we can start refining it and this is going to be the you know we're in the last quarter of the year wouldn't it be amazing if instead of you dreading going into the quiet period in your private practice in Australia we're coming into summer and Christmas and um, some practices find this to be a very quiet period for them Um, and so that's why I'm saying this now so um, if you're worried about that, get onto this action step this week that I'm sharing with you now so that you don't have to deal with a quiet time in your private practice. Consider this my Christmas gift from me to you, okay? Here's how you're going to fill your diaries while behaving ethically, providing that safety net for your clients, looking after yourself and building a private practice that integrates the masculine energy of having the process in place but the feminine of being able to then move freely within it okay I know I love it so much okay so that is that the other thing is I have YouTube videos going up now as you know so if you feel like it feel free to head over to the YouTube channel um Uh, the Facebook groups if you want to join you're welcome to one is called Counselors Connect Australia the other is called Australian Counselors in Private Practice Online Um, and that's it really thank you so much for listening to another episode and I will see you on Saturday if you have any requests for episodes please message me either on Facebook or on Instagram and let me know Um, this one was a request so I'm absolutely happy to take requests. I've got another three requests um, coming up. So they'll be the next three podcasts. Um, the next one that's coming up is on, um, I was going to call it the secret language of your private practice. Um, so yeah, stay tuned for that. I hope that you love it and get a lot out of it. I'm kind of putting a, tw- a new twist on an old theme. <laughs> you know me I love to sort of innovate things oh and the Etsy shop um, if you are wanting to make your life easier with the marketing I've made you a whole bunch of social media templates for both Instagram and Facebook um, everything that you need from I don't know a post that uh, for engagement to I think there's 98 Socratic questions that you can post that will help engagement and build no like and trust with a cold audience so that then they feel more comfortable reaching out for that initial call or booking that initial session there's Facebook covers workbooks journals card decks everything's in there the name of the shop is hey therapist um i don't really sell forms and documents and stuff like that it's more to support you with your visibility um client resources and your marketing so marketing and visibility kind of go hand in hand so um if you're needing that kind of stuff jump in and have a look everything i think is about under ten dollars so um and tax deductible of course so and instant downloads 
So have a look there um, if you're needing help with your marketing. If you have any uh, requests for things you would like to see in the shop, also let me know and I'll be happy to create it and upload it for you. It doesn't take me long to create things. Um, I move pretty quickly, as you know. <laughs> I told you, it's because I'm German and I've got the masculine energy. <laughs> okay, then. Well, I will let you all go now. Have a really lovely Wednesday and I'll talk to you later. Thanks for listening. Bye. I hope that you loved this episode as much as I loved putting it together for you. To get more resources to help you in your private practice, head over to Instagram. My handle is at the private practice coach. And also, if you want more inquiries and referrals for your business, let me know. I have a program called Clients on Demand that opens every quarter, and I can absolutely get you some information for that as well. You are doing an amazing job. Thank you for sharing your gifts with the world. Bye.